Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is July 18th. We're here to talk Impact Slammiversary, and we got plenty of stuff this weekend from SmackDown Review with new co-host Jeremy Lambert to uh, the Extreme Rules show that we're going to be doing with, uh, with uh, Jeff Hawkins. Like, all over the place, we got stuff for you guys. But right now, we got Impact Slammiversary. We got a guy who you probably heard covering Impact Wrestling over over the last year or so on Fightful Select on the Weekender podcast, Stephen Jensen. You can also catch him out. Catch him. Uh, I don't know if you all did one this week, but with Jesse the Buckeye on. I know she was traveling a little bit, but uh, you're a little bit of everywhere. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on again today. Um, it's been a while since I was on here with you. I think we did a, a UFC. Might have been the Till and Woodley fight. It was like a long time ago. Yeah. Um, on here, so I'm glad to be back, and uh, thanks for plugging that. Yeah, me and Jesse do a show. We didn't do one this week because she is traveling, but uh, but yeah, man, good stuff. And I can tell you, you're looking as tall as ever tonight, Sean. So it's good to I, see you on here. And here's the thing: like your camera angle is higher than mine, so what I gotta do, I gotta go and do a little little switcheroo here. There we go. There we go. Now I'm completely off the screen. Nobody can really tell anything, but that I am incredibly tall and that's what's important but we got impact slam anniversary to talk about reminder guys if you're watching on youtube leave us a thumbs up subscribe uh we are on podcast platforms everywhere everywhere but if you're watching live on youtube leave a thumbs up subscribe donate a super chat any amount get your question or statement read on the air but hey, while, while you're feeling generous, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. I had a lot of stories related to this show on Fightful Select. Uh, not just the, not just that. Steven is covering NWA, BTE, Impact Wrestling, a, a lot of indie stuff, GCW, every week on the Weekender because I, I want you guys to have that stuff uh, covered, and he does an awesome job at it. So make sure you guys check that out. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about Impact Slammiversary because... This, this is one that I reported on Fightful Select this morning. Motor City Machine Guns are back. And, Stephen, I didn't realize it had been so long. Six six years for Saban, eight years for Shelly, 
it did not seem like it had been that long. No, it didn't. I, I mean, and when's the last time they actually teamed together? Because it's eight been years quite ago. a while. Well, yeah. eight years ago there. I, I'm pretty sure they've teamed since then. Yeah. So, yeah, really good stuff. I mean, if you want to talk about legit TNA originals, those are two guys that definitely come to mind. I thought it was a good um, a good surprise, and they're two guys that can obviously still go in the ring. So, yeah. I mean, I liked everything about this return for sure. Yeah, it's been over two years since they teamed together at the ROH New Japan show in Michigan. And they, they did a, a series of shows on Ring of Honor ahead of that. But uh, I'm so glad. And I think right now, well, okay, I should say this. Before all the releases, I thought the best possible thing that Impact could do is kind of build off the nostalgia of TNA. Because there used to be the TNA stink. Now people are missing TNA. You got David Penzer out there calling calling stuff, and it's like, oh, okay. I remember how much that that that's how good that sounded. You had the TNA retro show set. You're like, okay, they got the belt back. You got a lot of stuff like that. Now they've got a lot of the releases, so they've got a good amount of buzz going for this show. Do you think they're still going to lean into the TNA type of stuff? I don't know. I mean, that's a good question because, like, TNA is a company, an impact wrestling, whatever you want to call them. They're, they're just, like, just so up and down, like, always, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a consistent roller coaster of, like, they're doing it right, they're doing it right, they're doing it right, then they'll do it real wrong. And then they do it right, do it right, and do it real wrong. So, um, I, I, I look at the people they have, and it's like, all right, Crazy Steve, um, I think Cody Diener, you had Ken Shamrock, he was in TNA, Rhino was in TNA, Moose, now EC3, Eric Young, Doc Gallows, TJP, you got, you've got Suicide, who was around there as well, Johnny Swinger, who uh, I think a lot of things of, uh, Hernandez, you do have some names that ha- that spent a lot of time in TNA. I don't think that's the worst idea they could have, but I thought they would pull the trigger on a lot of different things tonight that they didn't do. But overall, pretty solid show, and this was a good solid match. This was Chris Saban's first match since January of last year. Steven, I thought these were the right opponents to have him in there with. Oh yeah, 100%. This, this was good stuff. I mean, it was a solid tag match, a great match to start the show off, um... I mean, like the Rascals, I think they're super talented as well. So it's like, it was, like you said, it was a great mix of talent and it was the right match to do. It was a great sort of, a uh, great match to start the show. And it was something where like, like you, I, like you were mentioning, there was so much buzz for the show going into it. Like I was seeing all these people on Twitter talking about like, I haven't watched Impact in X amount of years. I'm tuning in tonight. Like people, this is like a big chance for them to get a lot of their audience maybe back that it maybe stopped paying attention and you turn the show on, you have high expectations, so you want to see something really good right off the bat, and you got a great tag team match, a tag team that people love, Saban and Shelly coming back, loved everything about it. Yeah, this was really good, they, they made a big impact, and this tag team division got an infusion tonight, a major one, and I love the North, I love them, they're awesome. The unfortunate thing is, they transitioned, their title reign is basically, it started in a really strong tag team division with the Lucha Brothers and LAX, and then the duration of it, they weren't working with a lot. They didn't have a lot of help there. And then as it ends, which I assume I fully expect it to end on Tuesday, you get Motor City Machine Guns, you get the Good Brothers, you get probably Heath Slater and Rhino. Oh man, oh man, but I, I like this match. This is good. The Rascals are all so promising. My God. Um, 
my favorite part of this match, Saban pulling an old Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, when he'll like fall off the apron, he'll hold his head or neck and you'll be like, oh no, he's going to die. And Saban did that with his knee to the point to where the ref went down to check on him if you saw it. Yeah, and that was off of um, like them running, like they got pushed into the pinfall. So it actually kind of looked like he might have messed his knee up because they yeah. fell on his lower body too. So it actually all made sense. Yeah, I love that a lot. Anakin JMT sent the Super Chats, has just popping in for a second to say hi. Did not watch the show, but sounds like production issues were bad. Probably will still be a better show than tomorrow. Very happy to see Deanna win. Have a great show. There were some production issues, and I had somebody I had somebody troll on Twitter that's like, oh, they weren't bad, you're singling them out. And I'm like, no, they were they were pretty rough. The audio issues at the beginning, they completely missed the cue on the Taya Johnny Bravo thing. Then you got the house mic situation later. It didn't cripple the show, but they were noticeable. And the thing is, I know that there were some people in Impact with some hurt feelings over the tweet that I put out about their production last night. And it's like, well... If you're that hurt about it, you probably should have followed up a little bit better than this. And I know that they got good people there. I know they got qualified people there. But what stood out to you most positively or negatively in that regard? With the production mm-hmm. of the show? Um, I'll, I'll mention, I mean, I missed the Heath Slater uh, debut yeah. straight up because the stream went out. And I was looking at, because I did it obviously you know, through Fight TV, and it has that chat box there to the right of the screen. And the whole chat was like, crash, 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 crash. So like everybody that was watching at the same time I was. um, So that was a big one. I mean, I I got to see kind of like the second half of him in the ring uh, with uh, um, Rahit Rahit Raju. I was on a call and keep saying. Um, So yeah, it was was good to see him, but I was like freaking out on my computer. Like, oh, come on. This is like the most impact wrestling thing ever. Like you pay for the pay-per-view and then like it goes out. Like no way. Well, let's, but it was let's, all right aside from that. let's go ahead and talk about that segment because, I mean, it's independent of virtually everything else on the show. He can still go by Heath. His real name is Heath Miller. Uh, and as we've seen with Cody, you can just go by Heath. People know him as Heath. That's fine. He says he wants in the main event, but we can't hear him. Hannah Moore says, I'd love a rundown of what Heath said. I have hearing issues and legit understood none of it. Well, on this night, Hannah, we all had hearing issues because the microphone did not work. It worked for in the in the building, but it did not work through through the production setup. I don't know. I'd have to go back and listen again. But Rohit came up, came out and said he's not letting anyone jump the line, and he gets beaten up. But it's, it's this was a throwaway. I felt really bad for Heath because this is a big moment for him. This is a rebirth for him, and he didn't get that. Yeah, I I agree. Um... And then, I don't know if you want to talk about it now, but then they were, like, teasing him and Rhino, sure. which is, like, rehash of a WWE, you know, storyline, yeah. which, I mean, it would be it would be foolish at, at no point to ever mention their history at some point. But, like, yeah. night one, I'm already feeling like, okay, so the Raheem Raju thing wasn't great. And then now it's, like, teasing something between him and Rhino, which just reminds me of, you know, WWE X amount of years ago, and it's, like, it's, he, it's like you said, Heath Slater has a chance to completely reinvent himself here. I don't want to see him rehashing storylines from before. If he does end up rehashing this with Rhino as a way to reinforce the tag division, I'm okay with that. I'm also okay if he turns on Rhino and ends up going a heel route. I mean, quite frankly, I expected an Aces and Eights presence tonight, and boy, are we going to talk more about that. Uh, Evan Wright says, The Weekender Podcast rules. Check it out. I I really like it. I really like it. Kevin, 
Kevin Steve says Josh and Don are production issues. I'm not a fan of Josh's commentary, and I mean, he does a lot of different things there. Um, Don Callis, I am a fan of his commentary, but he did very little of that commentary tonight. It's like he was just there, and about once a minute he would pop in with a, with a line or something, but, ah, uh, man. Uh, Dan V 900 says, in 2020, Impact had a better major show than New Japan. I find that funny. But Eddie Edwards was the least interesting guy to win, especially with that look. I can't disagree with that. I can't. And we are going to get into that at the end of the show. Oh, I got some thoughts there. Evan trolling somebody who who uh, isn't familiar with my camera setup says, Sean, make sure to constantly look at Steven. No monitor peeking. I'm watching you. Also glad you got my link for the chair. Hope it works. We'll see. It To him, I am looking at him. But to you guys, I'm not. I like to switch that up here and there. Uh, but we did have the next match. Uh, Tommy Dreamer, Moose. It was a squash. I mean, and I'm okay with that. It should have been a squash. It didn't yeah, need to be I, anything but a squash. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, that's another running theme of the Weekender podcast is uh, kind of my thoughts on, I mean, I can sit here all night and talk about how much I respect Tommy Dreamer because I do. Sure. I grew up in the 90s, ECW, WWE, the whole deal, his TNA run, everything, House of Hardcore, everything, right? But I don't really need to see it in 2020. Now, I will say, seeing it in 2020, it should look about like it did tonight. Yes. So I will give him, I will give him the credit there for sure. It, it goes along with Moose's whole gimmick of, you know, taking out TNA Legends with that TNA title. So it all made sense. Um, and you know what? The match really... It really wasn't that bad. Right. Um, yeah, so I mean, I really can't. I can't really say I disliked anything about it. Um, I, I, I guess I lean more towards liking it the more that I think about it because it'd be different if like Tommy Dreamer went out there and just like whooped on him. That'd be yes. a different story. But um, I think what happened was probably the right move. So I'm all right with it. And, and there was no live crowd for Tommy Dreamer to play to. Like, go out there, get your ass kicked, man. As you mentioned, he's been he he pops up all the time. And listen, I. My interactions with Tommy Dreamer have been positive. I know people will take this as a personal thing. It's just that we don't need that right now. We don't need that right now. But if it, like you said, if it's going to be like this, then let it be an ass whooping, and that's what this is. Uh, Moose has a beautiful drop kick, and it looks a lot better than his moonsault. Um, I, I now believe Ricochet that he only spent ten minutes in that training center. Because it didn't look like they worked on it much longer than that. All due respect to Moose, I think he's a phenomenal athlete, and I'm willing to bet that by the end of the year, he nails the moonsault and does it well. But, uh... That one wasn't it. Um, he finishes off Dreamer, and that, that was that. I mean, this was fine. I posted on Twitter that Dreamer... Uh, has as many matches on pay-per-view this year as he did from 2001 to May 2006, and you are completely frozen. Yeah, I, I should be good now. My computer just like just did something <laughs> real weird there for a second. I should be okay now. If, uh, if you can see me moving now, I think we're we, good. Well, Sorry about that. We've got we've got you making a pretty funny facial expression, but we got your audio, <laughs> so that's that's fine. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so strange. That's so strange how that just happened. Um. I'm like, yeah, I'm like looking up in the corner. I can see it on my other screen. That's, you know, well, what are you going to do about it? Um, I will say this, too. With Moose giving him the beating he gave him, right? Yeah. He he really 
it was even more realistic because he was he actually did because like his whole face was like swollen from the drop kicks and the punches to the face and it, it looked super realistic. Um, so I don't know what's going on with, with oh, my we, screen. We got, we got it back. Don't worry. We got oh, we're good. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. So it wasn't just like it wasn't just that it was a hardcore match or you yeah. know you know anything goes. He legitimately, I mean, that drop kick to the to the face that was about as legit as it gets, and uh, Tommy Dreamer took that. So. And I'm glad it was a squash match because, I mean, here's the thing. I remember Slammiversary shows a lot more than I remember Bound for Glory. At this point, Slammiversary is the show that I look forward to more because Bound for Glory... Uh-oh, we, we have lost Steven Jensen again. Oh, we are we are getting the call right now from Steven Jensen. You all hear the Skype on there. There he goes. Skype issues, man. I don't know what's going on. Sorry about we'll that. We'll have to use Zoom next time. But I, I compare Slammiversary to other Slammiversary shows because I, I see it as above Bound for Glory at this point. I know Bound for Glory is their anchor show. But Bound for Glory is also their show where they make monumentally fucked up decisions all the time. It's like <laughs> Austin Aries just trotting out and Alberto Del Rio getting involved in the main event and that terrible gauntlet for the gold match with Mahabali Shera last year. Like, And this no-DQ match, to me, had to go up against like the one last year and then the ones a couple years ago that, that Abyss produced. Like it, it ain't easy, so I'm glad it was a squash match. Oh, this next gauntlet match. Jesus, man. <laughs> they got to stop doing these gauntlet for the gold matches. They're not good at producing them. No, well, it's all over the place too because it's like the the time intervals are are all screwed up and like the rules don't really make a whole lot of sense. And and yeah, I'm I'm with you, dude. It was I mean there was a few good things in here, but a lot yeah. of it just seemed like it was like a lot of filler, right? Like a lot of standing around and just kind of waiting for stuff to happen. Yeah, they've got a really deep roster, and then the people that they have that don't add to that depth are real bad and shouldn't be there. Like, no offense, Katie Forbes is not good, man. She's just not good. And when you have, when you have Katie Forbes in there, and then you have Kylie Ray, Kiara Hogan, Tasha Steeles, Taya, Kimberly. Oh my gosh, man! Like, there's there's all this talent. Uh, I'm sure Katie Forbes. Here's the thing. I, I thought it kind of disrupted the flow of things. I didn't like it when Kylie was in there trying to high five Tasha, especially with stakes. Yeah. And and nobody seemed like they got shine when they came in. They would just go in and start brawling with somebody instead of hitting your big moves, hitting your big moves. And commentary didn't do them any favors. This was not good. I liked I liked the ending. I liked who won and who was last, but I thought this was a real bad match. Yeah, and I, I think that the right person won as well. I think Kylie Ray. Um, I mean, because the other thing was when I was kind of doing my predictions for this, like Tyler Valkyrie had such a long title reign already, and mm -hmm. they've done Tyler Valkyrie and Jordan Grace enough times to where they need to do something different. But you know, as we'll talk about soon, Jordan Grace is no longer the champion, so actually yeah. all kind of threw me off um, altogether. But. Um, like you said, yeah, not a great match, uh, a bit confusing. It went almost 20 minutes also. It was a long match. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you, man. This this and the the last gauntlet for the gold, somebody said, I thought it was a Royal Rumble. It's it's <laughs> their gauntlet for the gold. That's what they call it. Uh, we see Johnny Bravo, Johnny – like well, a lot of people in there. Um, Evan Wright says, Johnny Swinger and drag doesn't rule. Johnny Swinger's amazing. He's amazing. I think he's so funny, but – 
Uh, I didn't need most of what this match had. Um, I didn't need Katie Forbes twerking with Kiera. I mean, throw her out. Throw her out is the thing. Uh, it was a bummer. Um, I, I, when it got to the final four, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Rosemary got tossed out in the middle of a triangle by Taya, and then Kylie cracked Taya and got the win. I did. I was surprised by both the women's results because I saw Kylie and uh, and Susie doing their tag thing. I thought maybe we were going to restart the tag division, but I liked that Kylie and Taya were the last two. They mentioned that on commentary as well, like. Like, should we bring back the knockouts division? And they're like, yeah, it'd be a pretty good idea. So, or, or the knockouts tag team division. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. The way, the way I had pitched it was I just thought that Eric Young and ODB would wander onto the screen with those tag belts around their waist like they'd never left. And that actually would have been great. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, what I saw out of Eric Young tonight, I was like, okay, I could handle some more of this. Uh, but, but yeah. It looks. I mean, we're getting Kylie and Deanna Perrazzo, and that rules. Yeah, for sure. That's a, that's a great matchup, especially you know. I know we'll talk about that that knockouts title match uh, here in a bit. Oh, so sure yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. X division championship. Shamik Scheider says X division and women's title match were great tonight. Willie Mack is awesome. I see Willie Mack as a future world champion. Uh, Jobber says, this show ruled, felt like the guys and the girls in the ring stepped it up a notch, popped so big for Motor City Machine Gun, the surprise was great, and mixed with old TNA. Well, what was the people's main event was Chris Bay defeating Willie Mack to become the champion. I think we all looked at this and expected this to be match of the night. I don't know that I expected the women to steal the show the way they did over this. I knew they were going to be good, but over this, that, that surprised me, but they still killed it there were stiff kicks i loved bay getting caught in midair with that sky high he wins with his new finisher this would have been so much better with the crowd this was the one that i think needed the crowd the most but they were unbelievable man yeah i mean i'll make a bold statement right here i think these are the two best wrestlers impact has under contract these two guys could be yeah um their match was incredible um i think that chris bay hasn't even hit his prime yet as a, as a performer. Like, I mean, he's going to get so he's already so good and he's going to get so much better over time. And I'm with you, man. Willie Mack is another guy that, you know, I hope this, I'm, I know, I know you feel the same way. I'm always against someone losing um, like a mid card title and then getting a world title match, like right away. They did it. They did it great with Ace Austin because it was a completely different type of buildup with like yeah. him losing then a tournament. And that all made sense. With Willie Mack, I want to see him in the World Heavyweight title mix as soon as possible because I think he could be the face of the company. He could be the world champion. He has all the talent in the world. Um, I'm a big fan of his, uh, but they have to do the right build. But the good thing here is losing to Chris Bay in this match doesn't hurt Willie Mack because Chris Bay is so good. So it was a win-win scenario. I figured that Willie Mack would retain, but I have no problem at all with Chris Bay walking away at that title. I would have them – I mean, here's the the thing. Willie Mack – is a hard guy to get to open up. And when he opens up, you're going to you're going to find out a lot about him. You're going to find out about the way that he was brought up and and how hard that he worked. The fact that he's been around for 14 years that he started training in high school. Uh you'll you'll find out that he got signed by WWE and got the deal taken away from him. Uh the end of why he left NWA. I think that Impact should be bold in maybe he loses a couple matches or something like that, and then he starts his build. I personally want to see Willie Mack 
in that title picture. I would love to see Willie Mack in at Bound for Glory competing for this title. And you see these videos of him getting his dream taken from him in 2014. And you see NWA maybe selling him a bill of goods. Because he told me he didn't like being told what to do there, so he left. I, I think there's a lot of meat on the bone here. And I hope that they're not just like, oh, okay, we got all the new guys, so forget him. Because it already kind of feels like what they're, they're doing that based on some of the great people that they have there. I think Ace Austin Willie Mac is money. Oh, I totally agree. And obviously it was it was great for the exhibition title, so why wouldn't it be, you know, with the world title in the mix and um and I do get worried about that as well. Um I mean really the last thing we need is a scenario where, you know, Impact has a roster, you know, talent wise similar to maybe like the early two thousands at the moment. I mean, they have such a talent stacked roster of people. And what really hurt TNA historically was doing exactly this, bringing in people from other companies and giving them the spots mm-hmm. over the homegrown talent. And that's literally the last thing Impact needs to do right now. It's okay to sprinkle in some of these people. There's some people that are going to be a great fit there, but I, I'm with you, man. Like I would really hate a scenario that Willie Mack gets lost in the mix because he's way too talented. Oh, yeah. Uh, Carlos Mendez says, Bay and Ace are the future like Jungle Boy and MJF. I would I would lump Willie Mack in there. I, I think those three are really good anchors for that company. Evan Wright says, that neckbreaker looked painful and ruled. I, I agree. And, and if you guys want to get yourselves into X Division shape, check out our friends at Magic Spoon. Growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid, but... You got to give it up a little bit when you're older. I always say it, man. Like, if I go buy, I don't want to name a cereal. I don't want to name a cereal. But any cereal I buy, regular cereal from the store, I'm filling up some a big bowl. And then you know what? I'm not full. So what do I do? I go and fill up another big bowl. I get all those carbs. I get all those calories. And I don't get any protein. Barely any protein. Maybe from the milk. But with Magic Spoon... I can cut down the carbs, the sugar, the unhealthy food. Because Magic Spoon has 11 grams of protein, zero sugar, only three net grams of carbs in each serving. Their variety pack, which is what I always order, has cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. Four great flavors that taste amazing. I thought it was too good to be true. It's not. It's keto-friendly. It's gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, which is very important, especially if you're a guy. Uh, Low-carb low and GMO-free. Uh, I love the cocoa. I love the frosted. The frosted almost has like a marshmallow type of taste to it. And when you go to magicspoon.com slash Fightful, grab a variety pack and and try it today. Be sure to use our code Fightful at checkout to get free shipping. They're so confident you're going to like it. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. If you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash Fightful. And use the code FIGHTFUL for free shipping. Evan Wright says, if you want your spoon to be magic, hey, mine is, my friends. I love magic spoon. Like, I find myself, I can snack, I can snack and eat cereal now. So I can, like, actually eat it between, like, dinner, lunch, breakfast, all that stuff if I want to. And if I want to cook something else for breakfast, I can. It's pretty gosh darn awesome, guys. I thought the same about the Impact Tag Team Championship match. I thought it was pretty damn good, too. Um, Ken Shamrock is 274 years old throwing out power slams, Stephen. Yes, he is. Um, 
Yeah, man, I'm with you on the North, by the way. Um, you were mentioning earlier they're, you know, a fantastic tag team, and I completely agree. Um, especially, I mean, I like both guys, but to see Ethan Page's, like, body transformation over the last year or so also has been pretty cool because, like, you can tell that Ethan Page is, like, totally dedicated to this. Like, he's he's in better shape than he's ever been in. I was a big fan of his on the indie scene, and to see what he's done along with Josh Alexander, who I, I really love Josh Alexander as well. Oh, I think yeah. they're, both, they're both super talented. They're both different. Like, Ethan Page is, like, super uh, – he over-dramatizes everything, right? Like, he's just super over the top, but it works for him. Josh Alexander is, like, the straight man between the two, where he's, like, the guy who's, like, all business, there to wrestle, wears the old-school headgear – I'm a big Steiner Brothers fan. You know, I like seeing that. You know, Rick Steiner kind of always reminds me of that. Yes. So, like, I, lo- I, I love that tag team. Um, and the Shamrock and Callahan team, you know, I I kind of, you know, I didn't expect them to win this match, but it was interesting because, you know, Callahan, they they basically, like, revolved the whole company around him to, him to <laughs> a degree for a while, right? I mean, um, and then Shamrock just kind of came out of nowhere. And, of course, you know, being a big MMA guy myself, it's always – I mean, I've got Jonathan Soden's book on my desk right now. You Great know what I mean? Book. Like, yeah, book. I mean, so I, you know, I'm I'm all for it to 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 a point, right? Like it's sure. like, you know, you don't want a situation where like maybe PCO being a good example, where I feel like he's always one big bump away from like a disaster, and that's kind of how I feel about Ken Shamrock too. Where I'm like, you see certain movements that he makes where it's like, oh, that's. That's rough. That's going to be rough. Um, but then again, it's still Ken Shamrock. So, I mean... I mean, Shamrock felt like he was having a heart attack in a fight 18 years ago, if you recall. Yeah. Uh, so it is It is dangerous. The man's 56 years old. And let's, let's be honest. He's put some stuff in his body <laughs> that could result in some of that. Uh, Myron Kidd says, Ken Shamrock looking lost and confused during this match had me rolling. I did laugh my ass off when he whiffed on that dive outside. He's a crazy man. Oh my well, cause, god! Because the guys on the outside were already way out of the way. Yeah, like, they were. They weren't there. So he like ran up and clearly took a look. Like I'm in my zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? This, this YOLO just jumped right out of the ring. Onto nothing. My brother was actually over here while we were watching the show. My brother, who had no clue Ken Shamrock would be on this. Like, he just knows him basically from his, his UFC yeah. days. And he was like, wait, Ken Shamrock? And then when he saw that happen, he, like, held his own head. Like, oh, my gosh. I think yeah. they, I think Ken Shamrock just died. But, I mean, poor power to him. He's crazy, man. Yes. I, I, and he's also... If they're gonna if they're gonna link this up to you know TNA's past and stuff, he is the first ever NWA TNA yep. champion. Sure is. So you know there's that link as well. Josh Alexander's Josh. arm gets busted open, but Ethan Page wore the or worked the lion's share of this match. He's gotten himself in great shape. I loved when he was standing there and he's like, "Do you like the view, Ken?" Then he flexed <laughs> and he goes, "Bet you like it a lot more now." Yep. Then he goes, "Karate man." They've got the dueling ankle locks with uh, Josh Alexander and. Uh, Shamrock dug that. I also love the GTS head kick pile driver by Callahan and Shamrock. Although somebody probably needed to kind of coordinate that. Hey, hey, Sammy, Eric Young's going to absolutely kill Trey Miguel later with one of those. So probably don't do it. Probably, probably would have been a good idea, but they've got dissension. The North win with their move. For those of you who don't watch it, it's like a double neutralizer and it kicks ass. 
They're they they've got great double team moves. Dude, I don't know what happened to the one move they were doing for a while there, where it was like the burning hammer into the spine buster. Yes. Um, that yes. move is sick. I don't know why they're not using that anymore, but they, like they have a ton of great moves, like you said. But that one especially was like I don't I tried, know why they stopped using that. I tried to get RJ City to challenge them with me as his tag partner, and I was like, "You got to take their finish though, because we're not winning the match if this ever happens. Like even in a cinematic format, it ain't happening." That <laughs> move ruled, but you know the double neutralizer spot is, which I can't I can't remember off the top of my head what they name it. If you're in the chat, please. Uh, Pass it along. Also, shout out to our friends Virtual Basement in the chat. But uh, if you remember the name of that, uh, let me know. Oh, I love that move so much, and I love them as a team. And yeah. Uh. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Gosh, they're so good. I hope they're they're staying near the top of that division. Yeah, me too. And and, and like you were saying about Motor City, I mean, like, I could totally see them taking the belts off them uh, as early as this week, like you were saying. But it would also be great to see the North retain there. They just need to they just need to make sure that whoever wins these titles, they make a big deal out of it because the North has been the champions for over a year yes. and they have been solid. They've been consistent this entire time and they've actually been improving in my opinion this entire time. Yep. So, um I just hope there's a good payoff for whoever gets these belts from them. Yeah, and here's the thing, man. I I know Ethan Page's deal comes up at the end of the year, I think. AEW was interested last year. They, but he had had a deal, so I don't know what's going to go on there because I, I had read articles where Josh Alexander, or or no, he he re-signed with them for three years, and it was announced. So his is not up at the same time. So that's very interesting. But we got Motor City Machine Guns versus the North for the tag titles this week. I think Motor City's going to end that that reign. I think they're going to win them. I mean, like you said, I I can definitely see it. Um, I just hope that it's used. It's used well. I hope that Motor City... I mean, I have all the faith in the world. It's Motor City. I mean, they're going to have great matches. They're a great team. Um, but at that point, then, like, I'm just always thinking, like, what's next, right? It's like, yeah. if you do that, hopefully hopefully they can build around Motor City and then give that next team a big rub. Because the same happened for the North. I believe it was yeah. LAX they took the titles from. And that was a big deal because LAX was killing it at the time, just having these, these crazy matches, um, especially against the Lucha Brothers. So... Um, so yeah, man, I, I could definitely see that scenario. Heading into today, the North were the only team in Impact that have ever held those titles. There was no combination of two people on that roster that have ever held the tag titles together until, uh, until Motor City showed up. And, uh, yeah, I, I think they'll end up winning it, but I'm very excited for that match too. And let me tell you, 
am I ever excited to talk about the next match. Now, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I interviewed Moose earlier this year. He won tonight. I interviewed Kylie Ray a couple weeks ago. She won tonight. I interviewed Ethan Page like twice over the last year. He won tonight. I interviewed EC3. He's got a new job. The man's got a new job. Interviewed Trey Miguel. He's a main eventer of a pay-per-view. Interviewed Deanna Perrazzo. And not only did she win, to me, this was match of the night by a country mile. I thought this match was by far match of the night. And for a lot of people who might not have understood, oh, why is Deanna getting this push? Why? She didn't do anything in WWE. She didn't. That's that's one of the reasons she wanted to leave WWE. They tore the house down, and Deanna Perrazzo got to show the world who she was. She got to show the world why every company was bringing her in, whether it be WWE or Ring of Honor or TNA back then, to do their TVs when she had only had eight matches. She has She could have rested on her laurels. She's gotten really good. I didn't expect this because, as of last week, she had not signed a contract. I don't know if she has. What did you think about this match? I'm with you, man. This match was great. I do also think it was the best match of the night. And that's saying a lot because I really enjoyed Chris Bay and Willie Mack as well, like we, which we talked about earlier. Like, I'm a huge Jordan Grace fan. I was somebody who, you know, I liked her on the indies. And then when she showed up in Impact, I was like, okay, this is your next big chance to, like, you can really build the, the division around her. And Ty Valkyrie had had a long title reign, and it was a good title reign. Like, Ty Valkyrie did a good job with the title. Yeah. She had it for a long time. And um, what I was afraid of during that was was the same thing happening to Jordan Grace that happened to Brian Cage, where Brian sure. Cage had chance after chance to win that title. And by the time he finally did it, it just nobody really seemed to care that much. And he didn't help hold it for very long. I had the same kind of um, thoughts about, like, hopefully this doesn't happen to Jordan Grace. And I don't think it did. I mean, I think she had a good title reign. I think Gianna Perrazzo is obviously very credible at what she does. Um, it's going to create more buzz for the company. And honestly, I mean, you could probably take, like, the top tier of the knockouts division. Like you were saying, there is a drop-off. But if yeah. you take that top tier, I'd match that top tier up with oh, yeah. any women's division in any company. Um, for sure. And these are two, yeah, and these are two of the people. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. These are the and, kind and that's of, after Tessa left, for the love of God. Yes, very good point. Um, it, these are the kind of performers I feel like AEW really wishes they had in their women's division. Like, oh, these yeah. Are the kind, like, these are the kind of matches they need to be having over at AEW to really, really solidify their women's division. But I'm very happy for Impact that they're the ones doing it because for people who, who may not have been paying attention to Impact over the last couple of years – this is another thing I've been consistently saying on the weekender is the women's division and impact is very slept on. And um, I'm glad that they're getting highlighted tonight with this match. I mean, you know, they wanted Kylie Ray cause they had her and they lost her. They should yep. have signed Tasha Steeles. Um, I think Kiara Hogan is so much better than most people realize. Uh, Deanna is great. Jordan is great. Kimberly is a great addition that will, will serve very useful. And, you know, I, I'm not exactly – I love Taya as well. I, I really love the rebirth of Sue Young as Susie. I didn't recognize her when I saw her. I was like, I don't know that I've seen somebody who wore face paint that it was that effective. But I didn't recognize her. And 
they, they've added some people like Nevaeh, like Havoc, and hey, I'm not big on Havoc's work. Alicia Edwards, I mean, we know why, why, why that's there. Madison Rain, we know why that's there. But Madison Rain and Rosemary are integral to those that have been around for a long time. Who the hell knows if, when Tennille will pop up again? She just kind of comes and goes as she pleases, I think. Everywhere. Yeah. company, yeah. Yeah, she's just like, eh, you know, and maybe I'll go to Peru tomorrow or something. Like, I'm like, how is she traveling right now? Has she got a boat? Like, what's going on here? Um, this match ruled so much ass. The transitions were great. They went into arm bars and the Grace Driver. One of my favorite things was early on when Deanna was outside the ring and the ref's counting. And she's like, I'm in charge. And then he keeps counting and he's like, she goes, okay, okay. <laughs> um, the, the Jordan Grace heavy elbows into the head. Deanna arm, like Deanna did multiple arm bars. And that's her whole thing. We haven't seen a lot of that. Like we see Sasha with the double knee offense. We see Nakamura with the knee offense. We don't see a lot of people that are like, okay, I'm going to put you in a cross arm breaker. I'm going to put you in an arm bar. I'm going to go double arm bar. I'm going to go triangle arm bar. I'm going to go this, this. That's pretty cool. I like that. And Jordan went that went into a, a badass spine buster. I was shocked when Deanna won. And it felt really good after seeing the frustration that she shared in our interview, seeing people from WWE congratulating her. That that had to make her feel really good, like Chelsea Green and and Peyton Royce and Renee Young, like all these people are congratulating her. This was a shocker to me. Yeah, I was shocked with the results as well. I figured Jordan Grace would continue on as the champion, but they went 15 solid minutes in this one. Mm-hmm. Good match, really good match. Um, and it also kind of reminded me, like working the body part, um, just was it. I guess earlier this week, Moxley and Brian Cage, the way that they did the same kind of thing where it was like Moxley going after the arm, different armbar variations, eventually went belly down, Fedor style yes. with it, stuck him there, which I loved. Um, and I love seeing Don. I'm not saying that Donna Perrazzo like stole, it's not, it's not, it's apples and oranges, but Deanna Perrazzo looked great. And I thought it made perfect sense. I like those kind of specialist type wrestlers too. People that, like it's almost it's like Habib Nurmagomedov for MMA fans. Like you know what he's going to do to you, but he's so good at it you can't stop it. And I, and I like that. Maybe maybe Deanna Prado is so good at attacking those arms and has so many different attacks, you can prepare for it. But she's so slick that there's nothing you can do about it. I really like that uh, that dynamic. And uh, I got to tell you personally, I, I've interviewed Deanna multiple times. She wrote for us. She was kind enough to write for us about her experience in stardom. Soft spot for her and seeing how excited she was, she passed up working it all in and subsequently, quite possibly, eventually AEW, to go to WWE, and it was not a good decision. And who would have known? I mean, they said to her in 2018, oh yeah, I don't know if this deal's going to be here in a few months. Little did we know, not only would the deal have been there, it probably would have been 30% higher than if she would have wouldn't have signed. So... There's a lot of redemption there, and it's very nice to see Britt Baker and all these people congratulating her. And as far as Jordan Grace, Jordan Grace rules, and she's going to be a just fine because she is a star. Her gear was awesome tonight, too. She rules. Like, what a perfect signing, the fact that they were able to get a hold of her. My God. Yeah. And she's also, you know, 
I might catch some flack for this, but I think you, you're kind of along the same lines. Like, I'm not huge on intergender wrestling, but Jordan Grace actually does it very well. Um, there are some outliers there, like her, that I that I, I have seen plenty of intergender matches that she's had where I'm like, I, I really enjoy them. So it's one of those things, too, where Jordan Grace is very diverse in a company that we've seen put their main championship on a female before. So, I mean, I think that's very useful in that company, especially. Do you remember Vince McMahon's explanation of Taz in ECW? He said that Taz was ECW's sawed-off monster. And I could see that, like, Jordan Grace just dumping a couple dudes on their head. And, and that works out really well. Uh, Dan V 900 sends a super chat and says, I don't think the Brian Cage comparison is fair to Jordan Grace. Remember that he hurt his back on the Spanish fly in the match where he won the title. People thought he might have to drop it early. Yeah, but I mean, he did go through a lot of opportunities to win that title. Yeah, that's where I was coming from with it. As far as, I mean, there's nothing, it was, it was a shame that he had such a short title reign because of those injuries and stuff. Like I, there's nothing about that, but but that is more so where I was coming from with that was like the multiple chances that against Johnny Impact over and over and over again, and then yes. finally be, when he finally did it, it was like, okay, well, man, I feel like I would have been way more happy about this like three months ago. So that that's where I'm coming from. Um, but I can't take anything away from Brian Cage's actual title reign. To be fair to, I, I missed the name, but thank you for that super chat. Wh- whoever just said that, I think you are correct with like his actual title reign. That, that, that sure. is a different story. So that, that's fair. Reminder, guys, get your super chats in. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. We have uh, we got great numbers right now. That's why I love doing these Impact post shows. Uh, so show it some love. And if you, if you like Impact reviews, Steven Jensen reviews Impact every week on the Weekender podcast on FightfulSelect.com. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. It does a lot of things. It supports us directly. Uh, it helps uh, helps us pay our staff, quite frankly. And every week you get Alex Palowski reviewing Raw and SmackDown. You get Steven Jensen reviewing a whole slew of things. I review AEW and NXT. I do a Q&A show there every week where you get to ask a few questions and I answer everybody's questions. I do 20 to 25 minutes of exclusive news that you only will get at Fightful. Uh, that's the backstage report, and then we do the list goes on, and that's before we even get into show notes and live blogs and all the exclusive news. Every day I'm posting exclusive news. David Feig says, no Matt Cardona or Rusev tonight. Mean anything? Well, it means Rusev has COVID-19 because he revealed that, so he ain't going to be here anytime soon. Matt Cardona, I don't know what he's got going on. I'm supposed to interview him sometime soon. I just don't know when, Uh, but... The word going around was that that Hawkins had signed, but I he wasn't there tonight. But um, I, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I don't know if they need to bring in all of them. Uh, admittedly, Matt Cardona, Zack Ryder, at one point was one of the most over guys in WWE. That was ten years ago, though. It was like eight nine years ago. What do you think about that prospect to bring him in? I think Cardona's AEW all day. I, I, I don't see him coming to Impact. I, I think he would help out Impact um, if yeah. he was there. And I'm a fan of him. I, I like Broski. I like the Major Figure podcast. I, like I love all it. Um, if you can see the rest of my room, it's full of, of full of figures um, and, and autographs and memorabilia. I'm, I'm totally in that world as well. So I like Hawkins and Ryder a lot. But I think Hawkins would probably benefit more being by himself in Impact Wrestling um, to see what he can do as a singles guy, um, you know, without a gigantic losing streak. And 
Uh, I think Ryder. Now I know Cody has said, you know, it's not all friends wrestling, yeah. and it's not it's not for sure that they're going to just bring in all their buddies and stuff like that. But man, I, I would I can't think of someone I would want more in my roster right now than like a Matt Cardona with a chip on his shoulder, a yep. lifelong wrestling fan that lost his dream job that wasn't used to his full potential, who got himself over multiple times without the WWE's help, and to see what he can do in a different environment where he has more creative freedom and and around people who are his friends, I'd be very interested to see that. So so that's how I feel about that. And and Rusev, I think actually would probably be a better fit in Impact or maybe even New Japan. I would love him in New Japan. I mean, that's where I expect him to end up. Carlos Mendez says, Grace has lost when she debuts new gear. Yeah, that happens. And Ed Call says, thoughts on Josh Matthews' commentary still isn't doing anything for me, but I may be a little too jaded now against him. I, I've loathed his commentary for years. It's not a personal attack or anything. It's just, I don't know how many times I can hear, Eddie Edwards! Like, stuff like that. And no offense, it's just... It's grating to me. I, I, I am not a fan of it. You know what? I'm pretty sure if he heard my podcast, he probably wouldn't be a fan of my voice either. But he ain't got to listen to it every week. And I'm listening to his every week. Just, just where I am there. Where we are now is the Impact World Championship. And so they teased because <laughs> Tessa Blanchard vacated the title. They teased mystery opponents, and one was Rich Swan. And hey, man, I love Rich Swan as much as the next guy. Especially in this match, he kicked ass, but he wasn't it. And then they're like swerve, and I'm like, oh, okay, here comes the real one, and it's Eric Young. And let me tell you, I love Eric Young, one of the most versatile, useful guys in pro wrestling. He can do crazy, he can do serious, he can do comedy, singles, tag, trio, cruiserweight, heavyweight. He can produce. He can do everything. He's a good wrestler. Still, I don't know if it got the react. Maybe it got the reaction they were anticipating. Here's the thing. Wasn't pissed off about it because the match ruled. But how'd you feel about the mystery opponents? Yeah, it's it's tough, right? Because it's like, it feels a little underwhelming, but... I mean, I am an Eric Young fan, and he's a guy that I've been able. Yeah, you know, he's and he's a, one of those nice dudes. I mean, I got to to interact with him quite a bit because he was a guy in Nashville. And I lived in Nashville for the last you know decade or so, so I'd like see him at like Nashville fairground shows and stuff like that. And he was always at like Predator games and stuff. And um, he's a guy that I, I really I really enjoy. Um, I like his work. And he's a very nice guy. Um, his M or his uh, WWE run was just it was just so disappointing seeing seeing the potential there with what he could do in NXT and then them just dropping the ball completely on him on the, on, you know, Ron SmackDown. Mm-hmm. But maybe this is a second life for Eric Young. Uh, you know, he did come off really great in this match. It I was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I tweeted oh. that he bled immediately and FTR did a pile driver immediately. Like, they, like they just couldn't wait to do it. But uh, Madman Fulton almost got ace DQ'd. Uh, Eddie Edwards does a Pearl River Plunge. I won't call it a Tiger Driver. That's Ahmed Johnson's move. He retroactively invented that move. But at the same time, Eric Young walloped Trey Miguel with one of the goddamnedest pile drivers I've seen in a long time. It was awesome, and he won. I was shocked to see Trey Miguel go out first. Yeah, um, 
and, and you were talking about the Rascals earlier tonight, you know, being so um, talented. I think you could have taken really like any of those three guys and put them in this spot. Sure. Cause it's like, you know, and, and I'm, and I'm glad it was Trey getting this opportunity. I think we'll see the other two guys in similar positions in the future. Um, and yeah, that Canadian destroyer he did like through the ropes to the outside was like just oh complete insanity. Um, I love their looked- take on the, the tower of doom spot as in, it wasn't the same Tower of Doom we've seen forever. Instead, you have Ace Austin and Edwards up on the top rope. And then Eric Young power bombs Rich Swan into them, and they fly off through tables outside. That was fresh. It didn't look like they were working together. Yes, I love that. As a matter of fact, right when it started getting set up, I actually stood up to get a drink out of my fridge because I was like, oh, but by the time I turn back around, they'll all be on the mat, you know, yeah. laying there. Because it'll be the power bomb, and they'll all come down. And right when I saw Eric, whoever it was, like actually take the power bomb and like walk away, I stopped and I was like, okay, let's see what happens here. And I thought it was perfect. You know, a completely different spot that I didn't expect. I had no idea the table was there, which was good as well. Cause, you know, usually if you see someone set up a table, you're like, oh, eventually this is going to get used exactly. by somebody. Probably the person who set it up. And this was just out of nowhere. And it, yeah, I loved it, man. That was great. Oh, man. And so. There was also a great top rope bulldog from Swan. I love seeing Eric Young do his old wheelbarrow neck breaker. But then Eric Young gets rolled up by Swan. And Young snaps. And boy, did Rich Swan sell his ass off. I'm ready to watch Rich Swan beat Eric Young's ass now. And I gotta say, Impact Wrestling, all night, did a fantastic job in making things seem important. First match, open challenge with a big return. Second match, TNA Championship. Third match, top contender. Uh, you have Heath Slater debuting. You have an X Division Championship match. You have a Tag Team Championship match. Knockouts Championship match. And then a World Championship match with multiple mystery things. Like, everything mattered on this show, for better or for worse. And now, there's going to be a match without stakes, eventually. Rich Swan, Eric Young. And it because it happened... In a match that mattered, I'm like, damn, okay. And it was Rich Swan coming back. And Rich Swan getting crippled again. And Eric Young, oh my god, I'm already hyped for this match. Yeah, and what a difference this is than like the two of them on 205 Live or something, right? I mean, just a completely different level of of interest. Like, I, I, I'm totally with you, and... Yeah, I mean, they they did a great job setting up for the future because these two will have a big match coming up, and it's 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 kind of a second chance for both guys. Like like Rich Swan has had a pretty decent run in Impact Wrestling, but he's been hurt recently, and now we're going to see what he can do in this kind of new era because all these other people are coming in from other companies now as well. So where will where where, where, uh, where will Rich Swan land? Um, you know, in that whole pecking order, and I think him and Eric Young is going to be really solid. I'm looking forward to that also. So, of course, Rich Swan gets beaten pretty pretty quickly, and I gotta say, I could not disagree more with the way that the end of this match unfolded. Eddie Edwards does nothing for me. Hardly in the ring anymore. Like, he just, maybe, and never really has, I guess. And, hey, some of that's in association with Davey Richards, because Davey Richards uh, really never did anything for me. He was always oh, one of those really? guys. Oh, ne- no, never, never really. I, I was never a Davy Richards guy. Maybe it's because I saw how much better Kyle O'Reilly got when he got the fuck away from him. Mm, okay. I mean, 
because maybe that's what it is. But to me, this was a slam dunk. To me, this was a slam dunk. And you saw Gary Cassidy say, maybe this is where aces and eights reforms. And I thought, oh my God. Madman Fulton. Ace Austin, who is the ace in aces and eights. Gallows and Anderson fit the bill. And I know for a fact Deanna Perrazzo wanted in that new aces and eights. And that would be a hell of an addition too. I'm like, that is too much of a slam dunk. And I got people saying, oh, well, EC3 showed up. And Edwards is somebody for EC3. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. EC3 is going to get a babyface reaction when there are crowds there. Because he was getting a babyface reaction when he was leaving anyway. People liked him. But Eddie Edwards wins. And the Good Brothers are actual good brothers. I'm like, man, they're so... Ah, it's like every turn they took was the opposite turn in which I thought they should. A fantastic match, but to me, Ace Austin, it, you're getting one lobbed up to you. You one-hand tomahawk it. He's so good. He's such a, and he's such a squirrely little shit too that you that you <laughs> want to see him get beaten up. What are your thoughts? I'm with you, man. That's another, I know I've referred to the Weekender quite a bit tonight, but that's another one where, like, when Ace Austin was exhibition champion, I was saying, I hope when he loses this title, he moves on eventually to the world title because I saw the potential there. He's, like, I think he's 23 years old, so they have, I mean, they have a, a long-term star if they can keep him locked down in that company. Yeah. And, and, yeah, I'm with you 100%. Like, and it all made sense. The build made sense. Like, he loses the X-Vision title, and then he wins this long tournament to become the number one contender. So I have no problems with it at all. Like, he climbed the ranks and got that title shot. Um, obviously, things have been much different than what the company was planning for a while. Obviously, their, their champion, uh, you know, Tessa Blanchard, no longer there. Um, Michael Elgin, no longer there. He was in the mix. And they so they, like... They had to really, uh, really do some audibles here to try to make something work and something that was going to be interesting. Um, and yeah, I'm with it. My thing with Eddie Edwards because so I was never like the hugest Davy Richards fan, but his matches against Tyler Black and Ring of Honor is something that really got me back into indie wrestling at the time. Like those guys were having such crazy Ring of Honor title matches, and I always kind of felt like Eddie Edwards was like a little bit below. Davey Richards, if I had like a compare the two, and he's the one who's obviously had the longer career. Richards isn't even wrestling anymore. I think he's like a paramedic or something now. Um, so it's it, it has been strange seeing the trajectory of Eddie Edwards' career. Um, and I just I'm with you. I, I I don't dislike the guy. It's like I think someone in the chat said steady Eddie or something along those lines. Yeah. That's true. It's like I mean he has consistent. I mean he's consistent, but it's not it's not your next big star it's not your next long-term guy and, and ace austin could could be that guy so i'm with you 100 percent there to me it would have been so easy ace austin and trey miguel have history have yeah. those two in the end and because madman fulton got thrown out you know who cost trey miguel the match gallows and anderson and then they got first off ready made with the rascals who can be baby faces they can just be baby faces as they want and they're sympathetic because they're smaller then Gallows and Anderson. So you got that set up. They get a big win while Motor City gets the tag titles. It seemed like a slam dunk. And the lone wolf throughout all this is EC3, who pops up and wants to control his own narrative. By the way, guys, thank you all for making that interview with him. Already hit our top five interviews ever. Uh, it's 
number three among interviews that are like longer than four minutes because we had like one with Colt Cabana after his court case and then one with the Young Bucks backstage that were really quick, but it's like hitting number two, three already. Go check that out. It's a really good interview, but he's back there and he probably should be because that's, that's a big one. Impact Tonight had more buzz than I've seen it have in probably two years because ever since that, that Austin Aries shitty walkout thing, it's been downhill. It's not been good. So it's been the most positive buzz I've seen in two years, and I'm very happy about that, Steven. Yeah, so am I, especially as somebody who talks about it as often as I do. Yeah. I like I like that there's I like that there's people that care because you know, I, admittedly, I, I go very roller coaster myself as a fan of the company because it, it's you know because it's one of those things. And I'll even say this: Johnny Swinger, I hated that decision <laughs> for a while, and he's totally he's totally started. It's taken a while, but he's growing on me. And I've seen the interviews. Either you or Denise. I think it both, was of you us. both of us. Both of yeah. us. Okay, so that, that's why I was getting them confused. And he seems like a great dude. Yes. And what's so interesting about a guy like that is he was like always kind of like a lower card guy in like ECW yep. and like his whole career. And now he's kind of the most random person I can ever imagine being a part of the company. But he's you know he's doing his thing. He's been he's been used better in Impact in his mid forties than he ever was in TNA WWE. WCW. Most people don't even know he was in WWE. It's amazing. When when yeah. he did an interview early last year and he said, I'd love to go to AEW or Impact, I was like, yeah, get real. And there he is. And he's doing good. Myron Kidd says, Eddie was basically awarded or rewarded for his loyalty to the company tonight five plus years. Isn't that wild to think that it's been that long? Man. It is, but he's been, but he's been the champion. You know, yeah. it's, it's not like this, that, that's the other problem I have with this is this is nothing new. Like, yes. And, and they, th- this was their opportunity to do something new. new. Right. Like, you have all the buzz that we've been talking about. Um, I have to imagine the show was a, was a home run for the company. Yeah. Like, I don't, you know, even if they don't get, like, the kind of pay-per-view numbers that they want, I don't know if they will. I have no idea. But there's enough people talking about Impact Wrestling right now on social media that that is a huge win for them tonight. And for them to just go back to something they've already done before, I just don't understand I mean, you could have literally went with anyone else. Like, a- like yeah, I, yeah, you know? I agree. Ace Ace um, Austin was the easy one for me because a lot of people were going to look at him and go, "God damn, he's cool." Maybe I'll watch again. Oh, Gallows and Anderson associated with him. Oh man, that's cool. I, I would have seen that. I, I don't want to say Eddie Edwards is he's fine. He's fine. I'm not like he's going to have good matches. It's just I wasn't into the Tommy Dreamer light stuff. I wasn't into the stuff with Alicia. Ah, man. Dan V 900 says, Eddie Edwards was the worst choice for me. And I hope people don't take this as a personal attack because it always seems like people do. But that ain't it for me. But you guys can check out Fightful.com this weekend. We got stories all the time. So many interviews. If you haven't made Fightful.com your, your wrestling destination, do that. Uh, FightfulWrestling.com is the place to go. Maybe you don't like MMA or boxing. Go to FightfulWrestling.com. Bookmark that. Get yourself over there. Uh, we've got a lot of great resources pages, too. I'm trying to push those a little bit more. We've got injury and inactive updates. We have contract updates, uh, TV ratings. We have a list of like every wellness violation, the 24-7 championship history, full rosters for WWE, Raw, SmackDown, uh, AEW, NXT, and UK. 
We have everything from YouTube traffic wrap-ups to the Virtual Basement Wrestling roster. We got a lot of stuff over there. We even have a brand-to-brand invitation tracker, and they just ignored that it ever happened. My God. But, Stephen, tell the people where they can catch you. Um, Check me out on Twitter at FightTalk underscore, F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. It's right underneath me on that graphic. Um, If you're a fan of mixed martial arts, I have uh, some pretty cool stuff coming up that I can't talk about yet, but it's uh, I'm very excited for the future with some of that stuff, and a lot of that will be right here on YouTube as well, so just keep up with that. I do a whole bunch of different podcasts, you know, for Fightful and for myself and whatnot, so just follow me there, and if I can just take this moment to just say one thing unrelated before we get out of here, this is very important to me. So, Cody, fight Warhorse. Do it. We yeah. all want to see it. Warhorse deserves his shot. That's the most important thing I could say on this show outside of Impact Wrestling related. Warhorse deserves his shot and give it to him. He's an intense dude. I was backstage at Black Label Pro and uh, got to uh, got to see him kind of prepare. That was very cool. I would love to see that. And I think he said that he was considering it. Like vaguely, yeah. vaguely. Yeah, Arn Anderson brought it up during that fight for the Fallen uh, yeah. pre-show, and yeah, man, uh, shout out Black Label Pro, Mikey Bland, and those people—they oh, do love him. On a great show out love there. Him. So yeah, absolutely, guys. Thank you all so much. We are back for Extreme Rules on Sunday. We're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.